Hello world, welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. The Worldwide Technology Championship is in the books and Eric Van Royen picks up his second PGA Tour win. An emotional win, Sleaze, as he recently found out his best friend, best man in his wedding, college roommate John Trasmore has melanoma and has just a few weeks to live. Um, one of the most emotional interviews I can remember seeing after somebody winning, but him and his caddy Alex were very close. All went to the University of Minnesota together. Um, man, just crazy to think at 33 years old, what this guy is going through, um, knowing that your best friend has just a few weeks to live. It, sh it showed that he was playing for more than just himself out there. Yeah. And I know, you know, on this show, we joke around, mm -hmm. we goof around, do all that stuff. But like watching that interview, A, I was shocked he got through it. And then B, you know, I was just thinking to myself, like, it, it's sad that it takes sometimes like a, a travesty, like in your life to really have that perspective change and that perspective check like his quote at the end was like that last play he's like if i make it i make it if i don't who cares like yeah. it's just golf like this really doesn't matter and sometimes it takes like maybe not a situation as drastic as drastic as eric van Royens, but like something where you lose a loved one or somebody's health like health is the easiest thing to take for granted in the world and then as soon as it's gone it's like it's the only thing that matters but it sometimes takes that to realize that and it was just um it's sad that it takes something like that but huge props to eric van Royen for like playing with that on his mind, like he's flying up there today to go see him for probably one of the last times and to put all that behind him and to play and to finish the way he did, birdie, birdie, eagle, like that's a Ooh. huge win for him and where he was on the standings in the Fed, you know, all the he stuff was that guy. really matters a ton your whole life until something like this happens. Um, he's put himself in a great spot, but dude, it was, um, I, I honestly just watching it, I was having a hard time getting yeah. through it. I don't know how he did it. You know, he shot a back nine twenty eight to get it done to chase down Matt Kuchar, but it was like, it's just... It's one of those things it's like, you know what, this doesn't really matter. I'm just going to free it up and go out there and play the best I can and hit every shot for, for his good buddy, John. And yeah. he did it, man. Um, the eagle on the last was incredible. Matt Kuchar, Camilo Vajegas played fantastic. Kuchar had a huge lead on Saturday, six shots at one point before a quad and a bogey coming in. He made a quad and two bogeys and shot 67. Yeah. But El Cardinal got torched, mm. 27 under par. I mean, this place... Adam Long, your shout guy, out Adam Long, fifty six of fifty six fairways, which is incredible. We had thirteen guys on Thursday not miss a fairway. I believe the fairways averaged around sixty yards wide. They had no wind, ninety percent um, uh, hit the, fairway the rate field for the field for the week. On tour this year, it's like fifty seven, fifty eight is what it's been all year. Ninety this week, unbelievable. But you know, looking up some of the stuff, we use Justin Ray stats all the time. The fifty six for fifty six was unbelievable. But then you go back. To 1986-1987, Calvin Pete did it in back-to-back -back years at the Memorial Muirfield Village Golf Club. 112 straight fairways. That's insane. That's disgusting. Put Adam Long in the same conversation with Calvin Pete. Straightest drivers of the golf ball in the history. Actually was on a text with some of the guys before the week started, like Tuesday, Wednesday, that type of stuff. I was like, what's the course like? Tell me about it. Because nobody's really seen it, right? And there was a prediction from one player. He made two predictions. He's like, I got two. If the wind does what they say it's going to do and not blow very much this week, someone's going to break 60. And he said, also, I'll bet you at least one player doesn't miss a fairway the entire week. And half of it came true. Yeah. And it was Adam Long. Shout out. 13 guys on Thursday hit every single fairway. Yeah. I mean, dude, they wild. torched it. 27 under wins. And that's with Kuchar going, just going backwards hard on Saturday late when he was i mean he could have gotten to 30 very easily but the, i mean the leaderboard looked like a 2015 leaderboard you pop up there like oh let me check out the golf oh camilo and, and matt kuchar like it was maybe even earlier than crazy. that crazy yeah it yeah. might you might have to go back even more than that and then van Royen was just kind of hanging around hanging around and then all of a sudden bam it was it was honestly a really really cool ending to a tournament that i'm sure not a ton of people had circled like i need to watch this but if you were back and forth on Sunday between football, like I was uh, watching the last few holes, like it was a really good, really good ending. Yeah, it was. It was. It was fun to watch. It was exciting coming down the stretch. That par five, eighteen, is a really cool hole to finish on. And Eric Van Royen makes the eagle and gets the dub in Cabo. What a great place! I don't think really you can complain ever about being in Cabo. Beautiful weather, great tequila, but there is no better tequila than Sincoro, which is what we got right here in front of us. For those listening and not watching, we're sipping on some delicious Sincoro and Yeho tequila as we record today. Cheers to you, big fella. Cheers to you, my Nothing guy. Like Good tequila. to be with you. I'm going to gonna convert you. you over the tequila. Watch this. Mm. A smooth, bud. It's as smooth. good as it gets. 
Well, when I'm out on the course or in the clubhouse, I usually have a glass of Sincoro in my hand as well. The Blanco, Reposado, and Añejo can be enjoyed in cocktails straight up or on the rocks. It's the perfect golf course companion. I personally enjoy it the founder's way with the Añejo, one big ice cube, and an orange wedge. The orange is a game changer. I'm telling you, people think I'm crazy. You put the orange in the tequila. It's a classy play, by the way. I love it. Classy. Sincoro tequila truly is the gold standard for greatness. For those listening and not watching, the bottle design is unique and stylish, too. It's hard to miss and looks as great as it tastes. Tell them about the angle. Tell them about the angle. 23 degree angle. Which might stand for something. Why? Uh, Maybe the man who is in charge of this wonderful tequila, Mr. Michael Jordan. The number 23 means a little something to him. Ever heard of him? Yeah, if you can't be the goat. You can drink like the goat. That's right. So if you haven't already, go to Sincoro.com or your local store to buy a bottle and try the, this delicious it's liquid. Good. It is good tequila. Woo. Period. I love Founders it. Founder's way. It's never right. too early to pop a little tequila, you know yeah. what I mean? This is great. Yeah, this is right up our aisle. Drinking on the job. What's better than that? I love it's it. normal. Oh, and by the way, after you do enjoy some Sincoro, make sure you go to fairwayjockey.com. Pick up some merch. You can get this gravy bird hat right here or many other things. Also, go to our YouTube page, like, subscribe, do all that. Yeah, we got some new stuff coming out uh, shortly. Got uh, good deals on some of the old stuff. And we got some stuff coming to the YouTube channel as well. Yeah, and the weather right now in Scottsdale <laughs> is starting to turn, my man. It's getting chilly in the morning, beautiful during the day, and then chilly again at night. Perfect cashmere weather, I'd say. Perfect cashmere weather. That's that's one of the few pieces that's straight from the course, straight to you go to steakhouse, you go to a bar, you go anywhere. That thing plays everywhere. My favorite piece uh, as the weather cools down. But the RLX Golf Collection does draw inspiration from the traditional aesthetic of polo, updating it to create a modern sensibility focused on performance-driven design. From sophisticated styles to the most technologically advanced fabrics available, RLX Golf is the ultimate in functional luxury and provides pieces that are ready for whatever the conditions bring, on the course or off. Ralph Lauren is the official outfitter of the United States Ryder Cup team and partner of the AJGA. Ralph Lauren is proud to continue its sponsorship of golf ambassadors Andrea Lee, Billy Horschel, Davis Love III, Devin Bling, Doc Redman, Jonathan Bird, Nick Watney, Sean Foley, Smiley Kaufman, Todd Anderson, Tom Watson, Trevor Werblow, Troy Taylor III, Tyler Strafacci, and Zach Johnson. The RLX Golf Collection is available in select Ralph Lauren stores, exclusive private clubs and resorts, and online at ralphlauren.com. Get that fall wardrobe dialed. Get your little cashmere. The cashmere yeah, hoodie, dude. man, it's I highly recommend changer. it. It's, it's one of the best pieces of clothing you have. Hoodies are acceptable in all occasions. It's like man. a classy. You, you pop that on and, and drink a little Sincoro. People are like, this dude gets it. I love this guy's it. a force. All right, well, we got a classy guest this week, mm. by the way. I mean, this man treats his body right. He's stylish. Like us. He Not does like us. it all. Yeah. And he is going to be a rookie on the PGA Tour in 2024. We got Kevin Doherty, the Oklahoma State Cowboy, joining us on Subpar. All right, folks, we got one of the newest members of the PGA Tour with us here today. Another Oklahoma State Cowboy just graduated off the Corn Ferry Tour, finishing 22nd on the points list. He's headed to the show. He is ready to plow. Kevin Doherty is in the house. What up, KD? What's up, guys? Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I listen to every every episode, and it's just awesome to finally be with you two guys. God. Well, we appreciate it, ever. and we appreciate that hoodie you got on. Tell us a little bit about that thing for our YouTube watchers. That is special. Yeah, this is uh, a nice piece from Grayson. Um, their lifestyle stuff is incredible, and I've kind of been fortunate enough to have them support me and kind of one of my favorite pieces that they've sent me. Well, once again, Bo Hostler just gets screwed over. He was best dressed on our show. Not no mo. Tough break, kid. Held the crown for a while. Going to need some new suede. Uh, well, congratulations on the tour card. I know it's been a long time coming. How you been? How you been celebrating since you got back to Dallas? Yeah, so kind of off the grid. We flew back Monday from Indiana. Uh, I was just in town for about a day and a half, and then some friends of ours have a ranch um, about an hour north northeast of Sun Valley, Idaho. Um, so we went up there for five days, and both of his sons drew some hunting tags, one elk, uh, one one deer, and so we went and did some hunting, and my wife and daughter got on some horses and just kind of got off the grid, no cell reception, so it was pretty cool. Oh wow, it's beautiful. Yellowstone. What'd you get? What'd you what'd you kill? Yeah, so I didn't have a tag, so I couldn't shoot anything. So I was kinda mm. more of the spotter and 
trying to come up with a plan. Um, his 12 year old son shot a bull elk, uh, his first one, which was pretty cool, massive animal. Um, and then his oldest son shot a whitetail buck as well. Wow. A lot of outdoors. Bull elk. Yeah. A lot of outdoors. You're big into the hunting. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, Hunting and fishing or just hunting? Yeah, no, hunting and fishing, kind of, I mean, anything outdoors that I can kind of just get away. Um, I kind of learned it in college up until, up until my senior year of college, I'd never shot a gun and I was living with three wrestlers and one of them was a massive hunter and dove season came around and um, he put a shotgun in my hand and ever since then I kind of fell in love with it. What would you say your handicap in the hunting and fishing game is? Mm. I'm a better hunter than I am like fly fisher. Um, Fly fish. I'm honestly, I'm going to say I'm probably about an 18 handicap. Okay. Okay. That's solid. Of all the Oklahoma state guys that are quote unquote outdoorsmen, who do you think is the best outdoorsman and who do you think is the worst outdoorsman? I mean, we all know, we all think, I mean, Dub thinks that he's the best. I mean, it's hard to believe the guy thinks the guy thinks he's an angler and we were in college. He'd have his fly rod practicing on the driving range. Oh man. But I mean, I'm, I gotta say Dub's probably the best. Oh no. God, I thought I was, was ready for him to be the I gotta worst. Give, I got to give it to him. I mean, Jesus, he, he's better than me by far on the fishing side on the, hunting shooting a bow shooting a rifle i'd say i got him for sure i felt like some of the oklahoma guys like gooch or hayden wood or somebody had to be better than dub yeah he's from Den- he's from cherry hills yeah i don't think i don't think gooch has ever hunted in his life oh what a fake oklahoma guy yeah it's like a pre yeah, it's like georgia it you gotta be able to kill some shit if you're gonna go there yeah, I mean, Hayden, Golden Spooner, right out of Edmund North. Hell yeah, there you go. Get there him. it is. Dig Get in, him. kid. Dig in. <laughs> <laughs> Hayden, for a guy that no one I love on, Hayden, that dude. listens to the show probably knows, he gets shit on on the show more than anybody. Poor Hayden Wood. He's little Woody. It's because he takes it well. He'd he give it back and he can take it. So I feel like that's a compliment. He takes it well. He's a great dude. So it's just. Okay, it just edit the compliments works. out. Stick to just shitting all yeah, over we'll him. Yeah, we'll chop that. We'll <laughs> chop that. Well, what do you got? Uh, You've been doing a little hunting, a little fishing. What do you got for the next couple months before the season starts? You going to chill out for a bit, or are you right back at it? Yeah. Um, I actually just took my clubs out of the case today. Uh, I'm going to go do a little practice and play a little game tomorrow out at my club here in Dallas. Um, and then I'll probably just play like some fun stuff. Uh, I'm going to play that Pebble Beach tournament in November. Um there's a couple other like small little pro scratches. I'm playing one at Oak Tree National. I think it's in like a week and a half or two weeks. And just kind of some stuff like that to keep the game relatively sharp and just kind of be rested for a long season. Sleaze, I forgot to tell you, you're invited to the pro scratch at Oak Tree National. That uh-huh. just came to me. Oh, at Oak Tree? Yeah. Oh, really? With who? Uh, well, it was going to be with me. Yeah. But I can't play. But he, oh, they damn. told me to tell you that you're still invited if you can get a pro. We would have destroyed. We would have. Oh, that's it's probably for the best. Basically, we you're on the same. You have showed up if we come in there. Kevin's on the same schedule as I am this winter. Just the fun pro yeah. scratches. Pro and scratch tour is the best tour. The Pebble Beach tournament, which, if people don't know, is one of the most fun weeks of the year. It's like all expenses paid for the pros to go out there, play Pebble, Spyglass, Spanish Bay, and then if you happen to make the cut, which doesn't Who happen cares? for me, yeah. Sunday you get to play Pebble Beach again, or you go home like I do. Perfect. It's a win-win. Kev, you got any good stories from Pebble, dude? <laughs> oh, we're going to start that early. Yeah, so, just, just if you have any. Yeah. So and I got a great I got a great story. And Colt, we were playing on Sunday at Pebble. Me, you, I think it was Jared Wolf. Oh, I was playing good for a bit. Yep, and then let's see, we 10, 11, 12. It seemed like right as we hit our approaches on 12, like the wind started blowing 30 or 40 out of nowhere. Yeah, this is going. You knew this was <laughs> Yeah, then what? Then what happened? So, so sleaze, we get to 13 tee box. We're not playing the US Open tee box. Like we're just playing kind of the tee box just to the left of 12 green. Who who's catting for you, Colt? Nobody. I was in a golf cart. Sick. I thought you you asked someone what it was to cover that first bunker. Well, probably one of y'all two that I was just dummy in that day. <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> and 
pretty sure it was in the what was it in the 220s maybe i think it was 233 that. but i mean to be fair it was freaking cold and blowing really hard it and was, i knew i knew it was, was going to be stress yep and then you just caught it off the toe and oh, right, as, right as it comes off the toe you said oh no <laughs> and it it did not cover that bunker. It's one of those and bunkers that doesn't get wrecked very it's often. It's like a decorative bunker because yeah. it'll make the hole pretty. Yeah. Put it there. It's like an aiming bunker that no one ever hits it in. And sure enough, Colt hit it in it. And oh, we were dying laughing. But to Colt's credit, he did beat me that week. So yeah. how about that? I got to give it. I was also playing John Mallinger in a little side bet that Sunday because obviously we probably had a big Saturday night. And I was like four under par through eight, and you can check the live scoring. And Ballinger texted me, "Stop cheating." <laughs> <laughs> I'm really four over. I just did that. That event is so fun, man. But the weather can be nasty. I mean, that was nuts how that weather switched that day. It literally was blowing forty and dropped thirty degrees. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, normally that holds driver some sort of half wedge, and I think I hit some mid iron in there, and um. But yeah, I mean, we played those last seven holes all pretty much straight into the teeth or in off the left. Mm. Yeah, and you send it. What are you swinging it? What are you swinging it at right now? I know you're one one of, if not the longest guys on the Corn Ferry Tour. What's your gamer speed? Yeah, probably I'd say anywhere from one, like one twenty three to one twenty five, one twenty six mm -hmm. is kind of just normal. Same. Yep. Yeah, that's cruiser. That's the cruising weight. What if you just wanted to just anything, everything you got? What can you get to? Yeah, so there was about two years ago where I kind of started to do just a little bit of speed training just to kind of see what was in the bank. Um, and I think maybe the highest I got was 132, 133, like just over 200 ball speed. But, I mean, that's kind of not caring where the ball goes, just strictly trying to train for speed. That is it's fun. Sounds vicious. It's neat. You don't, you don't worry about the 233 covers, do you? Mm-mm. Not very often. That is, uh, you, you mentioned your club back home. I believe you play at Merido, right? In Dallas? I do. Yeah, Merido. Obviously, a lot of tour guys out there. One football analyst likes to donate to everybody, mm -hmm. is also there. Mm -hmm. uh, give us some of the guys yeah. you play with normally. What are the games like? Yeah, so kind of during COVID, I got pretty close with Zal Torres. Um, he always wanted to play. So I'd say I play with him the most when he was healthy. Martin Flores um, is one of my closest friends we've traveled last couple of years together and i mean he's unbelievable and then i started playing a little bit last couple of weeks with the cootie brothers they're great um and then every once in a while davis riley will come in and play with us taylor moore so it's mm. always kind of an amazing amazing time and always have a great group to get some action and then yeah like you said romo's out there and Pavelski's out there who can absolutely golf his ball. Love Joe Pavelski. He's fantastic. Sleaze, those games sound a little harder than playing the dentist, the real estate guy. Yeah, you got to get guy. more shitty friends <laughs> like us. We used to have cool tour pro friends. Now we're like, hey, you real estate guy. What are you, what are you doing? You're I uh, I caddied for a, a hockey guy out at Tahoe, Alex Kalorn, and we got paired with Joe Pavelski on Saturday. He has a nice yeah, game. good. Unbelievable game. Yeah, and just – solid dude and just i mean you can tell that he's just a pure athlete i mean silky smooth and he can go out and shoot three or four under any day be what? honest with romo yeah how many shots do should should he get and how many does he ask for i feel like he definitely tries to win the bet on the first tee every time yep um so he always asks for way more i haven't played him in a little bit because of football season but I think his normal is like four, two and two, maybe. Mm. That's uh, that's wants. respectful. I feel like yeah. you should you should handle him with that. A night golf course yeah, is so I mean, hard. I mean, at the home club, it's you're, I mean you'll get the better half of him for sure. Um, but like you take him to a tournament outside of Merido or Dallas National, and I think you'd kind of dirt nap him with two and two every day. Yeah. Two and two, maybe that's a tough golf course though. For like the difference between tour pros and regular dudes, like shows up on that golf course. Yeah. Um, with all those guys that are out there, all those tour pros, a lot of young, good tour pros too. Are you more of like a range guy, work on it, or do you do you enjoy like the money games during an off week? What do you do more of? 
Yeah. Um, I'd say I've gravitated to playing more. I've kind of, there was, let's see, what year was it? It was the COVID year. So 2020, 21, um, I kind of got a little bit too into golf swing and shit, I almost lost my card. I think I, I finished inside the top five or top 10 last event to get inside the bubble. And after the year, we kind of had a team meeting and one of my coaches popped up and said, Hey, like, it looks like you're playing golf swing instead of golf. So let's try to be more athletic. And ever since he kind of said that I've been, have my main fundamentals that I always want to keep in check. But other than that, I like to go play and I'm not going to try to chase a look of a certain golf swing or anything like that. I mean, I th- kind of think the f- foundation part of it is done and now it's just fine tuning and learning how to play better golf. Well, the good news is in today's game, you swing it over 120 miles an hour. That's going to work out all right for you. But I mean, for those that don't know, like you've had a couple of just heartbreaking close calls to making it to the PGA tour. And you finally, you know, cross that, cross that finish line and you're headed to the PGA tour in 2024. You finished 22nd and this year, top 30 got their PGA tour card. But what was it like those last few weeks? Knowing, I mean, the calls you've had with, with the miscut at Victoria national, the almost chip in in Portland a couple of years ago, that would have got your card. And you're, you ended up finished 20, 22nd, but you finished cut, cut T65. What were, what was the mind? What was going through the mind those last few weeks of the season this year? Yeah, it was, um, it was really, it was really hard to stay. It might sound cliche, but it was really hard to stay present. Um, after, after Boise, I think I got to like that 900 point and the tour told me that, Hey, like that's going to be good enough. So I'm trying to deal with, this lifelong dream being accomplished of that first step of making it to the PGA tour. Um, and it was pretty wild because the, like the practice sessions and the prep weeks I had before those last three events were probably the best of my career. Um, I could do anything I wanted to with the golf ball. And then it just felt kind of when I got on the grounds and, going in the tournament, I just couldn't really get anything going. Um, I was just over par early and then I'd try to press. And so it was just hard to kind of, I was almost trying to fast forward time just to Sunday of that ceremony. Um, so I think it was a pretty good learning experience and trying to figure out how to stay more present and just strictly like focus on the task at hand. Yep. That mind is a, this is an interesting, interesting thing, but I mean, you got it done. Congratulations to you. But given how close you'd been to tour cards in the past, now that you have it, do you feel like it's more a sense of joy or is it a, more of a sense of relief? Probably relief. Um, I mean, I'm through the roof excited about teeing it up in Hawaii and just kind of going throughout the year, but it was kind of a little bit hard because everyone that I would talk to, Oh, you're made for the PJ tour. Oh, your game's great for the PJ tour. Like you'll get there. And I mean, I'm doing, I'm trying to do all the right things. And then there, I have these years, I finished 26, I finished 31st with a missed cut. I mean, so I'm just kind of starting to think like, well, what else do I need to do? Like everyone's telling me I'm good enough. And um, so I think kind of having that monkey off my back is kind of been very freeing. Yeah, and I mean, you're 32 years old. So, I mean, you're still young, but relative to being a rookie on the PGA Tour, you're not that young. And with the close calls, I mean, you go back, like I said, the chip in at Portland, you, you make that, it looked like it was going to go in, you get your card. You made double bogey on the 36 hole to miss the cut at Victoria National when you had a great chance to get your card. Was there ever any, like, doubt that crept in your mind? Like, listen, maybe this isn't for me. Like, maybe I should go do something else with, with, with all the close calls you have. Because we know, I mean, this game can drive you absolutely insane. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to be completely, like completely honest with you guys and the year where it was that double year, 2020, 2021. Um, I was kind of just miserable out there. Like, like I said, I was playing golf swing. I felt like I was absolutely working my tail off and was just getting nothing out of it. And I remember we played Utah I believe I missed the cut in Utah. I went back to my hometown in California and I was having lunch 
with my parents or it's just my dad. And he's like, dude, what's going on? Like, you don't seem like yourself. And I just told him, like, I just, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And he kind of knocked some sense into me. He's like, come on, dude. Like, you have an amazing family. We support you. You have an amazing wife. You have everything going for you. Like, we all know this is really what you want to do. Um, we know you can do it. Like, let's just try to get past this little downtime. And that kind of sparked me and kind of took some pressure off me. Like, I don't want to be failing them um, of whatever, of achieving this dream that I wanted. And then kind of that next week, I played good in Omaha. And that kind of just gave me a little bit of a resurgence. Is the hardest part, I would think, after the close calls that you've had, A, you have a, like, a good period of time off before you tee it up again. And then once you do get back out there and get going again, it's like, damn, man, like I shouldn't even be here. If I just, you know, made that cut or if I had shot one, one shot lower in Portland, like I wouldn't be here right now. Is it hard to get going for that next season? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, those feelings definitely kind of stick with you. And then when you see whatever certain guys that either got in because it didn't go in or anything like that. And they get started up like you want to be with them. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely kind of hard to deal with, but I mean, everyone has kind of their own journey and you just, I think you got to stay away from the kind of the woulda, coulda, shoulda game, um, especially in golf. Well, it's awesome to see you persevere and make it through after those tough calls. Cause it's not easy. And I mean, you're going to be a rookie on the PGA tour in 2024. You've played five PGA tour events so far is, is there an event you have circled on the calendar that you're most looking forward to? Oh, man. It's kind of hard, I think, now with kind of the unknowing of the schedule of which ones we're going to get into. Um, I mean, San Diego would be definitely one of them, being only 45 minutes to an hour south of where I grew up. And um, I mean, Riviera was my first PJ Tour event, uh, so that would be an amazing one to play really good early get into um yeah i think anything in southern california just to kind of be close to home all right some big news here from subpar we have officially launched our own youtube page make sure to subscribe at golf underscore subpar on youtube check out this week's video uh like subscribe do all the stuff colt we got some cool behind the scenes stuff coming and uh give you a little outside look at some of the stuff outside the studio so please like please subscribe you're the best listeners in the game we love you back to the show do you think, and I, like you, you mentioned this earlier, like you had friends telling you like, dude, your game's perfect for the PGA tour. I would agree with that. Like knowing the courses that are played on the corn Ferry tour, there's a lot of country clubs. I would imagine guys like you don't get to hit driver all that often. Now you're heading to a tour where that is like probably the number one, most important club in your bag. Do you think your success on the PGA tour could be even greater than on the corn Ferry tour, given the type of golf courses you're going to play? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you see majority of the guys that do amazing things out there they all drive the ball incredible i mean look at dustin look at john rom i mean rory there's endless guys that drive the ball amazing and have success and i mean if you can start to carry some cross bunkers that whatever 70 percent of the field can't i mean it's just going to give you a massive advantage and compared to some of the country clubs or shorter courses that we would play on the corn ferry where 28 29 under wins where it kind of just turns into a putting contest because you hit four iron to the corner and then a wedge on and then kind of putt so i definitely i'm excited to kind of see how my game matches up for sure would you say there's anybody out there like one of the top players in the world like that you think your game kind of compares to mm, that's a good question um i, mean, I definitely think Driving is one of my strengths, so I'd like to say that I mean I drive it up there with Dustin or Rory drives it extremely well. Um, Those are two good ones. They're solid. They're <laughs> yeah. solid players. Like, Dustin's kind of always been. I mean, other than some of my close buddies, like Dustin's kind of been a guy that I look up to. Um, I like his demeanor on the course. He seems like nothing kind of phases him and. He kind of just goes about his business. So I mean, I'd love to kind of do what he did, just drive it great. And kind of the wedge area is kind of an area that I believe I need to get 
quite a bit better at. Um, I'm trying to trying to figure out what works best for me with off-speed wedges. Um, just having so much speed, it's a little tough. So almost having that third number with my wedge is kind of what I need to perfect just to when we get windy conditions and flight it down into softer greens if we have that. So I'd kind of like to make that jump like Dustin did when he started working on his wedges. Yeah, he got pretty damn good. And given that you play at Merido, you've got friends that have been on tour, you play with all those guys. Do you think kind of the shock or the deer in the headlights feel that a lot of rookies have on the PJ Tour won't be there for you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it helps. Um, I mean, playing like Zalatoris went on that amazing run, and then shortly after we were playing together, and Taylor Moore gets his win, and then we play whatever nine holes together. So, yeah, it almost just feels like kind of you're playing with your buddies. Um, I think some pairings would be obviously more pressure-filled or starstruck a little bit. Um, I've been lucky enough. I've played with Rom once. Um, I've never played with Rory. So I think on the weekend, somehow I get paired with those guys. I mean, I think definitely I would feel it there. Um, but then that's just an amazing opportunity to play with some of the best guys in the world. And, and you're from Murrieta, California, as is Ricky Fowler. What's your relationship like with him? Obviously, you both went to Oklahoma State. Yeah, he's like a brother to me. Um, we met, let's see, he was he was a freshman in high school, I believe, when we first kind of started to be around each other at Bear Creek. And we just kind of were very close and played and practiced quite a bit together. And he's actually the way I met my wife um they were next door neighbors so whenever i started hanging out with ricky uh lindsey was around as well they grew up together and um yeah he's been amazing he's extremely supportive and i mean just willing to help in any way like we text quite a bit and maybe not on a weekly basis but every couple of weeks and um anything that i need and questions or anything like that he's always there with kind of open arms to help he's about as good of a dude as there is out there and i know he helped you kind of land at oklahoma state but you could have gone to a lot of other places and been like the guy and not gone to a loaded oklahoma state team and kind of had to work your way over the years into the lineup what made you want to go to osu as opposed to going maybe somewhere in california and playing right away yeah so when ricky let's see ricky was a freshman at oklahoma state so i would have been a junior in college um i kind of just wanted to go out there and hang out for a week. I mean, I've never really stepped on foot to a college campus and I was like, let's go out there. And I just absolutely fell in love with it, which I'm sure is hard for a lot of people to believe. I mean, Stillwater, Oklahoma, it's 45,000 people and 25 school. It's like a cow town, but I mean, it's an ultimate college town. And I just, I think I saw the value in, Karsten Creek and the coaching staff and just the repertoire of players that were there. Um, I knew that it was going to be hard to play. Like I knew what I signed up for. Um, but I figured that being around people who are better than me and beat me, I'm going to have to figure out how to get better and learn from them. Who all was on that team? Go through the list of guys that are having success in the pro ranks that you played with at some point at OSU. Yeah, so it was Peter Uline, Taylor Gooch, Morgan Hoffman, Kevin Tway, Wyndham Clark, Jordan Niebrugge. Um I think that was it. And Hayden. During, no. <laughs> I never played. I don't. I never played with Hayden. I think he came in right after my fifth year. Oh, okay. That's a squad. Yep. That's a squad. Who yeah. are, who'd you room with while you were there? You roomed with a bunch of the golfers, didn't you? He said wrestlers. Yep. So, yeah, that was later on, I think. Yeah. The first, let's see, my first year I was with Sean Einhaus from Germany, Trent Whitekiller, and Brad Gale, who was a freshman who came in with me. Yeah. And then my second year, I lived with Bernhard Neumann, he was from Germany. And then my third year, I lived with Morgan. Um, and then senior year, my fourth year, I lived with Gooch, Drew Page, um, who's now doing the Scotty Cameron rap mm -hmm. on tour. Deepaw. And then, yep. 
and then Brad Gale. And then my last year, I lived with three Oklahoma State wrestlers. Damn, y'all got a squad down there. And then the, the wrestling program is not too shabby at Oklahoma State either. Yeah, it's impressive. Uh, John Smith, who's the head coach, Olympic gold medalist. I mean, he does an amazing job. You ever mix it up with the boys back at the crib? Figure it out? Mm-hmm. Who's the alpha? Ooh, no. I was I was smarter than that to even try. I mean, they're trained assassins. Is that when you got into the fitness? Like, you're known for just crazy fitness, <clears throat> diet, all that stuff. Is it the wrestlers that like got you into that, or was it before that? It was before that. It was... Let's see. It was my, it was my sophomore year. So my red shirt freshman year, the second semester, um, I was having back issues kind of out of nowhere. Like I'd have some lower left back issue and like, I felt it only hitting drivers. And then it got to a point where I I was hitting wedges and it was still hurt. So went in MRI and there was a, they call it a PARS fracture, which is pretty much a stress fracture in my L5. Um, not exactly sure what caused it, but ever since that day, I'm like, this sucks. Um, I don't ever want to be hurt again. So I've pretty much, I transformed my eating fitness since, what would that have been? That would have been 2010, 2011. So going on 12, 13 years of strictly doing everything I can to make my body move and feel the best it can. Well, take us through this diet because... You know, in a day where a lot of people have nutrition bars, peanut butter and jellies on the course, like I know you make all your, for the most part, make all your own food for even on the golf course, but what's your diet like? Yeah. So I work with a guy in Encinitas. His name is Robert Yang. And I found him because I was kind of, at first I was researching it on my own. And nowadays, like you look on the internet and you type in one thing and Monday, this comes up and you type in the next thing on Tuesday and it's something else that contradicts it. So, I mean, it got to a point where I was only eating like a very, very limited style of foods. I mean, very repetitive. I was like, oh, this isn't quite, I mean, I don't believe this is like the right way to go. So I reached out to Rob and his philosophy is very simple. Um, pretty much protein, fat, and fiber. So protein in the form of animal, like every animal I will eat best quality. So grass fed, finished cows, pasture raised chicken, wild fish. Y'all kind of get the point. Um, And then fruits, vegetables, and then all the carbs that I eat are kind of around my workout, white rice, sweet potatoes. And then it's just all, it's as clean as possible. I mean, organic local farms. I have some here in Dallas that I'll pick up and stuff like that. Um, And it's been, incredible and then just kind of as the years have gone on i've just fine-tuned it a little bit so i'd say the last two to three years i've only stayed in airbnbs so i could cook my own food so i can kind of control everything that goes into it um like i won't eat anything that's cooked in vegetable oil or canola oil or anything like that so bacon fat grass-fed butter beef tallow or kind of low heat i'll use olive oil so that's kind of the premise of how i eat like Dang. us well yeah. like us yeah I mean, where does red bull chick-fil-a fit into this yeah and chipotle how do uh, those fit into the mix let me let me ask you this i'm curious like what's what's an encore snack for you like because obviously i mean some days you play in the morning some days in the afternoon but like with your how strict your eating is i mean i'm very curious to know like what an encore snack is like yeah, so I make it pretty easy. So I'll just make enough. So whenever I get home from the course, um, whatever I have for dinner, I'll just make enough to where I'll have enough for the course mm-hmm. the next day. So something easy to eat. Like on the on the road, I do a lot of ground meat. So I'll do ground beef or ground bison, something like that. And then just do pretty much baked sweet potatoes and cut them up real small. And then put in some sort of roasted vegetable it's just kind of easy to eat with a fork and i just i travel with a couple tupperware and put it in that and plop a fork in the bag and keep it in the fridge until we get we leave for the golf course and then it's good pretty much throughout the day so damn that's hard to do on the corn ferry like you're not staying in big cities where you can pop like you got to do it all yourself and cook that's a lot of hours and probably a lot of money on that tour to to stay disciplined to that 
yeah, and I just figured over the course of the year, I'm going to feel better. So if I just put a little extra money towards kind of what, I, what I'm going to eat, I mean, even if it just helps me think that it's making me play better, it's going to help me. So it was kind of just something that I was willing to accept. So Respect. No cliff bar uncrustable for Kevin. The cliff bar, I feel like I'm the world's cleanest eater. I'm like, look at me, dude. <laughs> cliff bar. What a fucking guy. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, let, before we get to the nine, I want to ask one question. I want to, I want you to finish this sentence. Mm-hmm. Kevin Doherty's rookie season will be successful if. Ooh. If I wedge it well and play extremely free, don't try to control everything. All right. I like it. We're going to hold you to no it. results, not results oriented, just wedges and play free. Yep. I mean, shit. How do you not play free when you swing at 100? You swing at 130. I just get up on every hole and be like, I'm about to fucking sit. Who cares? It's going to be close, closer to the hole than everybody else's. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just think, I think sometimes when things aren't going the way I think they should be going, I try to control everything in this game. Um, I try to check every single box that, I mean, all of us know that in golf, there's not a lot you can control. There's only a few things. Um, and then you just kind of roll with the punches. Yeah. We've done all the right things in your work ethic. People speak extremely highly of, so I'm glad you're out there. You're where you belong. And I feel like you're going to stay out there for a long time. All right. Let's get to the E9. Let's have some fun here. Should we go option A or B for the first E9? Let's just give them both and see which one he wants to – which one. If, okay. He's happily married. The yeah. wife, she's yeah. not going to get mad about the other one. Okay, we, we go back and forth between two questions here. One, you can trade places with anyone, dead or alive, anyone in the history of time, who would it be? And then B, who's your celebrity crush? Oh, celebrity crush. Margot Robbie. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Good Disgusting. One. Good one. <laughs> God, my wife. What do you my What do you find attractive it. about her? <laughs> what is it? But, uh, my wife went and saw the uh, Barbie movie with a couple of her girlfriends, and I found out that Margot Robbie was Barbie, and I asked her if I can come. So. <laughs> That's a good good husband and good dad. Kudos to you yeah. for biting the bullet. Yeah. What a guy. So, yeah. And then if you could trade places for one day with anyone in history, feel oh, what it's gosh. like. Anyone in history? Mm. John. Dunn. Honestly. Oh yeah. That, yeah, that'd be. I mean, a lot of shit coming his way though. Maybe Chris Kyle, to be honest with you. Oh wow. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, he's a obviously a Texas guy, and I mean, I'm a huge supporter of our armed forces and everything like that, and just kind of seeing his journey through just simply watching the movie American Sniper um, was amazing. And obviously he's the greatest of all time at his craft and job. And just kind of to see that elite level um, would be pretty eye-opening to see it from his point of view. Wow. That's, that's a cool answer. And definitely the first, that's a thoughtful answer. I respect that very well thought out. You're going to need to be thoughtful on this next one, Kevin. I think you'll know where I'm going here, but between you, Wyndham Clark, and Taylor Gooch, who do you think would make the best CEO of Charmin? Wyndham. Can you explain? Easy. He was so soft in college. It was unbelievable. Well, what's the CEO of Charmin? Like, what's y'all's little inside thing? Charmin's soft. Yeah, but... Yeah, just like... Yeah, we just... Whenever... Whenever someone would let... Dub just let girls just run his life in college. There we go. He was, there we go. They'd just, they'd just put him on a leash and walk him around the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, and Gooch, Gooch was a dog. Like, yeah, Wyndham. Love okay, it. there we go. All right, I don't want to bag on Wyndham too no, much. No, don't, don't feel bad but at all. I, I don't. Um, I do like Wyndham, and he's the U.S. Open champ. Yeah, but so. I love the saying... You know, so-and-so would get stuck in a corner in a round room. So who would you say that saying would apply more to, Kevin Tway or Wyndham Clark? Mm. Uh, can I say both? 
<laughs> they both run, in the they same run into each other over and over. <laughs> just because I think for different reasons. I think this I think old Wyndham would overthink it and like the door would be right there, but he'd be like, Oh, that's not the way out and he'd try to figure out a different way. I mean, the kid was so talented in college, it was unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, we all Tway is just he is he, special. He couldn't get out because it's Kevin. Because it's tricky. Because it's a round room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kev, I love him. I love him. Me and uh, me and Gary Woodland used to call him Todd from Wedding Crashers. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone called him. We a, started that for the record. He's he's special. He's, uh, we love you, Kev. Kev. I think Kev's thinking about moving to Dallas. Really? Oh, wow. There you yeah. go. Some more easy money for you. Battle for <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a tough club championship. Um, okay, Tway. All right, I'll give you one here. This is a bit of a thinker, Kev. Taco Bell, they they come to you. They want to be one of your sponsors for next year. But part of the deal is you have to eat a nacho cheese chalupa at the turn of every round you play during the year. How much money would they have to offer for you to take that deal? Ooh. I have to eat the whole thing? Yeah, dude. They need it on camera to show how much you love the bell. You're going to feel great. And you probably get a deal with dude wipes right after. <laughs> I think. Oh, man. They'd have to guarantee me top 70 in the in the year. Whatever so that money is. Number. That's a good number right now. Okay, Taco yeah. Bell. Falls in your the court. Way, the way things are turning, that might be like $10 million Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, That's eight digits through the roof yeah okay all right saying staying on the same subject give me the ultimate i don't even know if you do cheat ever but give me the ultimate cheat meal for kevin doherty yeah i mean i don't really crave it anymore but when i do i mean it'd have to be like an unbelievable new york style pizza oh, okay like thin crust sounds like a tuesday a sounds like a meal yeah <laughs> sounds like a yeah so i definitely say i mean that would be that would be kind of my last, my last meal. Um, I love Italian food. We actually just went to Carbone for our three-year anniversary. They just opened up here in Dallas, and that was quite the treat. Spicy rigatoni at Carbone. Pretty hard nice. to beat. We got that. Yep. Mm. Yep. Good I'm, beat. I'm going Good. there Saturday in Vegas. You are? Yeah. Yeah. The Vegas ones. With, with, the, with the legend Bobby Wade. Shout out Bobby Wade. Be Wade listening. in the house. God, he's a beauty. Yeah. He's buying too. Yeah. You got to get the carpaccio. Yeah, I, I I like the carpaccio. I just don't like onions, so I don't. Like, I got to get the onions off of it. It's a problem for me. Yeah, dude, we're disciplined eaters. Yeah, Kev, you don't know what it's like. Put that trash in our body, bud. Finely tuned machine. All right, next one for me. You're gonna have to go back a little bit on this one, but no matter how much money you go on to win on tour, will there ever be a time where you feel like you have more generational wealth than when you won the Plantation Pro Scratch? No, I felt like I won the lottery. <laughs> I mean, it was the greatest part was I don't think anyone else bet on our team except for us. And who so, is your partner? That's exactly right. Yeah, it was Wyndham, Wyndham. And, which was unbelievable. I mean, I was a couple of years out of college just playing little mini tours. And I mean, Wyndham would mop the floor with me and he was still in college. And he was my amateur. It was unbelievable. I got an unbelievable story about that if you want to hear it. We need it all. Of course. And by the way, this is why I stopped playing the plantation because there's teams like that. You Dude, have to that beat. team came in. I played that nobody knew like who Wyndham was more or less. And the other pros were like Freddie and Phil. Like, who are you betting on? You know what I mean? They came in, won everything, won skins, uh, paramutual. No one else bet on them. They cleaned. Yeah, so... I think we shoot 62 the first day, 10 under. And I think we were staying with Ricky that week at Madison Club. And Phil invited everyone over to dinner at Madison Club. So, I mean, it's this unbelievable dinner. There's probably, I don't know, 20 people. You got Phil, Mally, Couples, Sean O'Hare. I mean, Sleaze, you were there. You were giving it to... Sean O'Hare. Oh, yeah. We had a good... He likes to do that. We had a good evening that night. Yeah, so great evening, and somehow 
a bet between me and Wyndham and Freddie and his partner gets brought up. I think, I think Max brought it up and it was three separate bets. They get three shots, five shots, seven shots. I think it was like a hundred bucks a bet or something like that. And I think Homa and Mally had side action on it. And me and Wyndham go out and we shoot 59 the second day. Freddie shot even par. I haven't seen the money. Oh, Freddie. Whoa. Boom, boom. With interest rates where they are now, that's a that's a big number. So, circling back, I was talking to Wyndham during the Ryder Cup week. I said, hey, man, go enjoy an amazing week. And I said, tell Freddie to send over that 300 and make sure you get paid as well. And he goes, yeah, he introduced himself like he's never met me before. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Love that. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, man. But, no, it was good. We got to get that 300 for you from Boom Boom. That's bad yeah, form. Nice. All right. Yeah. Um, next one, we, we talked about how you're a big hunter. In your PJ Tour bio, it says aspirations of owning a hunting lodge. Okay. People ask all the time your dream foursome in golf. I want to know your dream foursome of PGA Tour players on a hunting trip. Oh. I mean, I know. I'm trying to think. Some of the guys that I hang around with aren't massive hunters. Um, but it doesn't have to be get... golfers. It can be any any three other people okay. you want to be, go on a hunting trip with. All right. Um, Charlie Saxon. Um, he's a massive hunter. Great guy. My coach, uh, EJ Fister, he's one of the ones that also got me into hunting. Um, and then, yeah, it's, I mean, it's got to be. Kevin Cosner, full out, full Yellowstone outfit. Him or Rip, I would say. Oh, yeah, I would Rip. Rip would yeah, be probably a little more protective. Yeah, Rip's an assassin. Yeah. So, are you those three? Are you big time into that show? I'm guessing. I mean, I've watched it. Um, I don't really watch a ton of shows. I don't have a ton like that much time, especially now with our one and a half year old daughter. I'm always chasing her around, but it's. I mean, it's a cool show. That's a little, almost a little too Hollywood, I think. That's fair. And you're too busy cooking. Yeah, yeah not enough yeah. time. There's only so many hours in the day. All right, last one from me. Uh, okay, uh, I need to know who was the criminal mastermind behind the theft of the OSU Media Center backdrop that ended up at your house and also on Twitter. Gooch was, <laughs> Gooch was the first criminal. So he was there during summer school, I think, just taking some classes because he was living in Oklahoma and up at our athletic center for all the athletes go and do their work there on this table. There was these media center backdrops and one had like writing all over it. So Gooch just thought, hey, like, I mean, obviously it's just going to waste. So he just took them because we didn't have curtains for our house. So like. Just absolutely Jimmy rigging something. And I mean, it looked awesome. I mean, everyone that came over for parties, like, looked sweet. Fast forward a couple of weeks, Ricky comes into town, and one of the kids on the team had, like, never met Ricky, was a massive fan. So we're having people over one night. Sure enough, they're like this, hand in hand, getting a picture with the media deals behind them. And who put it on uploads Twitter? It, uploads it to the world. Me and Gooch try to deny it. Didn't end up well. well hard to believe you got caught. What was the punishment? Uh, we actually got... I got... Gooch got suspended for two events. Oh. I got suspended for one. But I was like, no. like If he's getting two, I'm doing two. So I was trying to stick it to him. But So yeah, we got two... Uh, Two suspended tournaments, and then we had endless amounts of our punishment workout called the Gauntlet at Oklahoma State. Heard about those. Got in trouble asking one player about those one time. Turned into a bit of a thing, apparently. Mm. Yeah. Not going to bring that up. Yeah. Sorry. Plan was sound. Plan was sound. Just the internet probably decreases the chance of success of not getting caught. Lesson learned. That's a harsh – two tournaments. That's That's a – yeah. I mean, you only play 10, 12 a year. That's – 
Damn, that's harsh. I didn't know he thought they were done with it and they had writing on it. I thought he literally jacked it off of the like actual background. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it was like, it was pretty innocent. And yeah, there was like, I mean, there was literally like pen scribbled on it. So, I mean. Yeah, they're done. He thought they were done. Oh, way more reasonable than I thought. Yeah. Okay, last one for me. You're going to... You're going to go into a little fitness competition with one of the PGA Tour players. Who's the guy you want to go up against the least? Who would terrify you in one of these fitness competitions? Jamie Lovemark is an absolute unit. Oh, okay. Um, I know I know Stallings. I don't, I've never met Stallings, but I know he's a massive workout guy. Um, he's a little – I think he's kind of into CrossFit, like that style of programming. Um, which those workouts are crazy intense. So I probably definitely, I wouldn't want to touch that. Um, cause I'm more, I mean, I love to train and, but I want to be as functional as possible. Yeah, probably. I mean, a straight lifting, I think love marks probably the strongest. I mean, he looks like a cornerback in the NFL. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's a big boy. Got some big mitts on him, too. We're big built, we're built different. Yeah, you guys get that a lot. Never hey, been Jamie. mistaken for Jamie Lovemark. No, I'll be it's honest. me. It's Colt, guys. <laughs> I love it, Kev. Well, man, we're so happy for you. Yep. Congrats on earning your PGA Tour card. And I cannot wait to see you out at Pebble Beach. I'm going to get on the stack system so I can cover that bunker on, uh, on 13 this year. Yes, it's going to be amazing. Every time... I go back to Pebble. I mean, you're literally going to be my first thought when I step on that team. There should be yeah. a plaque in that you bunker. You never look at that bunker and not be like, you guys want to hear something? <laughs> See that thing? I might go out. I might find out your tea times and go write a plaque. So when you get to 13, you see it. I'm going to yeah. smash it over that thing put, this year. Put something up there, dude. We're so proud of you. We're so happy for you, man. Kev, enjoy it. Get rested up and go kill them out there next year, man. Thank you, guys. We'll see you all shortly. All right, that was Kevin Doherty joining us on Subpar. By the way, I knew he was going to bring up that tee shot on 13 sleeves, and I can't tell you. I got to come to my defense a little bit here. I believe it was like 242 to cover, and the wind, it dropped about 30 degrees, started blowing about 30, and I'm like, I got stressed getting over this bunker right here. There's nowhere in the world where the ball goes shorter than the Monterey Peninsula when it's cold. I mean, dude, I'll get up there. It'll be like four-mile-an-hour wind in, 150. I'll be like, you think it's yeah. seven? You think it's playing, you think it's playing 210? I mean, dude, it goes nowhere up there. So no, nothing, nothing to be too ashamed of. By I the way. played with him, Martin Flores, and one other guy who they were all going to the PJ Tour at the time. And this was two years ago, and I just recently quit slash retired, mm -hmm. and I dummied these three fools. But the one thing they bring <laughs> up is that bunker, which yeah. I knew I was going to have problems, and there's probably going to be this year. I go out there next week, by the way. There's probably going to be the a plaque little plaque down. or sign down Get there that, that bunker. Down. At one point, Colt Nose did not cover this bunker. I didn't. I didn't. It led to a bogue. But it's okay. Everyone bogeys okay. that hole anyways. By the way, he and Wyndham at the plant, pro scratch, now looking back on it, he brought Wyndham out when Wyndham, nobody knew who Wyndham was, just some college kid, and they body bagged everybody at that plant, pro scratch. And now looking back on it, it's like, uh, yeah. They should. Pretty good team, but I mean, that was like yeah. with Ricky Fowler and Phil's in the field and just all, Freddie, all these dudes out there and like legitimate, because there's a bunch of big names in that thing, as you know, nobody bet on Kevin and Wyndham. They're like, who are these kids? You know, mistake, no chance. And they cleaned up, I mean, every skin, every day money, you name it. They walked out of there and I was talking to Wyndham, but I was like, dude, we had this envelope full of cash. We got in the car and we're like, oh my God. We have arrived. It is on. It's an NCAA violation. That's probably some sort of violation. Go back, strip them of everything. They also did steal the banner, the uh, media banner at OSU, and then posted it on social media. Shocking they got caught and disciplined for that. You know, Oklahoma State, it's not the highest academic school in the world, high standards in academic. A lot of talent, not yeah. a lot of great yeah. decision making, but on they a They did beat OU, though. Shout out they in, the, did. in the last bedlam. Oh, we're getting to that here shortly. But shout out to Kevin Doherty, who's a guy that, like, I mean, in all honesty, Ricky Fowler helped him get, you know, to Oklahoma State. He wasn't one of these world beater juniors like they have. And he was on a team with just killers, just dudes. And he just worked his way, got better, better, better. And I truly believe his game is better suited for the PGA Tour. Hit as hard as you can, wedge it, putt it, than it is for the Corn Ferry Tour. There's a lot of those courses around the Midwest where, like, he's not pulling driver ever. And he can... He'll be one of the longest guys on the PJ Tour next year. What do you say? 128 mile an hour. Club like, yeah, and he can get it more if he and wants. He's he's had some heartbreak. I mean, he's finished 26th a couple oh. of times. Been so close to see him get out there on the PJ Tour. I'm excited. He could do big things 
Um, so we wish him the best of luck. And the thanks. trip at Portland where he had yeah. to hold it on, I mean, and it hung on the lip. It's just like, dude, he's had heartbreak after heartbreak. It, he has earned this PGA Tour card. Shout out to Kevin Dory and just a great dude. Speaking of heartbreak, my Dallas Cowboys lost a brutal one to the Eagles. Want to talk about it? Nobody wanted to win that thing. No one on our coaching staff wears thongs, though. That's true. Can you believe it? I mean, it? what I mean, are we what, doing? As a... I mean, the dude's like, yeah, I'll just wear the thong. No one will notice. I'm never on TV. I'm just a normal dude sitting over here. All of a sudden, bam, train wreck. You and fall down, you get up. And they're screenshotting it. And they're like, what is this? And he's like, he's saying it's not. I'm like, if it's not, then tell me what that is. That's a yeah. thong, dude. Bright red. That's a man thong, bright red. Embarrassing. You'll probably get some deals out of this. But congrats to the Eagles. It was a hell of a game. It was very exciting. One of the best games of the year so far, in my opinion. I thought we were going to steal one there at the end. But you know what? It's on to the next week. We're fine. I'm feeling very confident when we play them again later this year in Dallas. That's a good. That was good football across the board this yeah. weekend from Saturday and Sunday. Good games. Shout out, thank God, before we get to our picks, and we'll get to the football picks, to the Washington Huskies, because I did not have what you would call a successful week of gambling. And if it wasn't for those beautiful purple bastards up in Seattle, saved my life. Thank you. Got some messages about it. I don't have to sell my house now. Okay, good. But I'm close. It's good news. Yeah. Uh, the Texas Longhorns let me down. They were cruising. K-State mm. came storming back. Actually had a chance to win the game in overtime. Went for it on fourth and goal instead of trying to push it to double overtime. And missed a chippy. Yeah. 27, yeah. 29 Listen, yarder with like a minute and a half left. I'm a Longhorn fan. I root for them. I think they're a very good team. They could possibly make the college football playoffs. I'm sad they didn't cover it, but I'm glad they won just to keep this whole their, their chances alive. Well, they got a little help Oklahoma from the boys State. in Norman. Yeah. Yeah. Beating them. That's um interesting. But let's get to let's get to a football pick before we get to the Bermuda okay. Championship. Stay on it. Um, football, the biggest game of the week. There's two huge games. Uh, we got Georgia Ole Miss and we got Michigan Penn State. Finally, Michigan plays someone. They this finally played somebody. They're five and a half point favorites. They got a lot of shit going on up there in Ann Arbor. But I think they're going to rally. Just heard they had Ric Flair in to give them a little motivational speech. Nothing gets you more hype than, woo, Ric Flair. Oh, that'll be 100 grand. Yes. That's got to be the whole speech. Just so give me the Wolverines minus five and a half. They obviously know their signs already. First real test. That's going to be a fun one to watch since, the, I mean, last time they played a real team, we saw what happened. It was right here down the road in Glendale. But they are rallying around this whole sign-stealing scandal, which, by the way, I think every team in the United States does. All right, on to mine. Staying on topic here. Oklahoma State, as you're well aware, just won the, what could be the last bedlam. We don't know what will happen so going, which sucks ass. That needs, to be, so that needs to be made a non-conference game every year going forward. Like, we got to keep these rivalries. That's why it makes football great. At least Texas and OU will keep playing. But they are rolling. They're going to be getting a lot of love around campus this, this week, which is always a bit of an iffy situation. But they're going to Central Florida this next week. They're only minus two and a hook. And, I mean, dude, they're playing for – Big 12 championship game. Uh, they got a lot on the line still. Ever since I think they were starting off two and two. Now they've won out since then. They're looking like a different team. I, I got to think they covered the two and a half uh, down in Central Florida. Keep that thing rolling. Okie State minus two points. Crazy. They lost like South Alabama a few weeks ago at home. They, they got just destroyed by them. Like couldn't score a point. They're yeah. a totally different team. They were in shambles and now they're they're rolling and believing they look good. Yeah. Well, two events left on the 2023 schedule for the PGA Tour. Two events to keep your job. Or improve your job status. And we are headed to Bermuda. Not the strongest field in the world. Adam Scott is headlining, which shocks me yep. that he's playing there. But, hey, it's a beautiful place. Um, for me, my favorite, going with the past champ. This is one of the shortest golf courses on the PGA Tour, so length is not a big deal. It's under 7,000 yards. The wind can blow like all hell out there. And like I said, past champ, he tends to thrive on short golf courses. 16 to 1, give me Brendan Todd. Okay, be taught. Roll Don't the rock, be taught. Yeah, the, the yardage is short, but like you get these wins that come up and it plays nothing like what they, they might say 420 on the card. And it's like, dude, this thing's playing 490. Uh, but I'm going with a guy. He loves these tropical, windy, grainy type of uh, venues. He won in the Bahamas on the Corn Ferry Tour. Runner up in Puerto Rico, uh, which got him his special PGA Tour membership. He's going off at 18 to 1 this week. Give me Akshay Batia. Mm. likes these likes these environments has played well historically in his long career hopefully doesn't get blown over he's gonna need some ankle weights um all right my dark horse basically i'm taking him because i saw him at whisperock the other day that's enough yeah had a really solid season out on the pga tour northwestern wildcat probably the best northwestern wildcat golfer we know or associate with oh yeah i don't know any <laughs> that i can think of off the top but give me dylan Wu at 45 to 1 that's a rick flair give it to him Woo! There he is. 
That's what you got to do when he makes tweets yes. when you get out there this year. Uh, I like that. By the way, you're picking dark horses. I saw this guy four days yeah. ago. Bet. Cross my mind. I've I made like shittier bets than that based on information and will continue to do so. Uh, my long shot, I'm basing it on virtually nothing because he's coming off a miscut in Cabo. No really recent form to speak of that would lead me to believe this. But I'm just going for like good odds on a guy of this talent level. Give me Davis Riley. 40 to one. Oh. He's right in the pocket and like, yeah, didn't play good last week. Maybe that's a little inspiration, but in terms of names down at these odds, he's the, he's the best talent. Beautiful golf swing. Great caddy and James Edmondson. I like Davis Riley a yeah. lot. All right, man. Well, that Why was a not? lot of fun. Make sure once again, go to fairway jockey, pick you up some merch, YouTube, like subscribe, all that. Enjoy some Sincoro, my man. Cheers this is, again. This is true birdie juice. Goat this juice is, right this here. This is how you get a Monday MJ. going. This is how you start a Monday. All Here's right. We'll talk you. to you on the next subpar.